Welcome to Career Tools. This week, the CC, the BCC, and email etiquette. The questions this cast answers are, when can I use CC and BCC? And when can't I use CC and BCC? And why can't I use CC and BCC? If you're a manager, you need Roadmap. All licensees of manager tools have access to Roadmap, an app on your phone that guides you through every step of the Trinity rollout process, no more annoying emails, and allows you to monitor and measure your implementation of one-on-ones and feedback, and soon coaching and delegation. Few clicks every day, everything you need to know about rolling out the Trinity and becoming a more effective manager. Kate, you are way too young to remember this. There was a time before computers. I know you don't know that, but there was. And there were <laughs> and we had typewriters. I learned to type on a typewriter and my first job I typed on a typewriter. So I kind of remember how it went. And what would happen was your boss would say, type a memo. And you would get a clean piece of paper. And then he'd say, I want these other people to know about what I'm writing. And you would place underneath your first piece of paper this kind of a bit like tissue paper. It's not as heavy as real paper. It's kind of crumply and it was purple and it had this really nice smell that everybody liked. And sometimes it was blue, but mostly it was purple. And you would put this sheet of paper underneath when you were actually typing on. And then you put another sheet of real paper underneath that. And as you typed on the top sheet, the purple stuff would come off onto the second sheet in the shape of the letter that you just typed. And so these things were called carbon copies. The, this weird sheet of paper, the purple sheet of paper was called carbon. And so the one underneath was a carbon copy, which is where CC comes from. And we still use it, even though we haven't used carbons in like 30 years. But email, they just adopted the same thing. So carbon copy was when you wrote the memo, when you wrote the first memo, you would write the initials of the other people that were going to see the memo. And so it would say, I know, to so-and-so, and then underneath, CC, and a bunch of initials. And then there was also BCC, where you made a carbon copy, but you didn't write the person's initials on there. So the person who got the first copy or the second copy wouldn't know that there was this third copy floating around that had gone to someone else. And so that's how we got blind carbon copy, which means there's no initials, and carbon copy, which is people know that they have received a copy of whatever the memo was. And there was an etiquette to who got CC'd and who got BCC'd and why they got BCC'd. And some of it was the same as it is now. People still did things that they shouldn't do, you know, used, used memos as badly as they used emails. But there is an etiquette to using them. There is a way to use them that's the right way. And so we're going to help people understand how that is. We are. We're, we're going to cover... Today, four things. Don't drop dimes with a CC. Don't CC to inform your boss. Don't CC just to protect yourself. And don't BCC just to protect yourself. Okay, so we're going to start with don't drop dimes with a CC. And a dime is a 10 cent coin, right? Yeah, yes, it is. We have a cast called No Dropping Dimes, which at the beginning, Mark facetiously says, you know, sometimes the best way to get a colleague's attention about their repeated failures is to announce it at a meeting without them knowing about it in advance. And 
Of course, it's best if their boss is there. Gosh, won't they be caught off guard and super embarrassed? That's right. And then they'll do what you want, right? Sure. In a perfect world where embarrassing people in front of their boss will get them to do things for you. (laughs) Right? Of course, Mark is saying that at the beginning of the cast, but we are joking. We're being facetious. That is not the kind of guidance that we would support, obviously, because there's a slang term, right? There's a there's a slang term. I, don't, I guess I don't know if it's slang. I guess technically it's slang. I want to say colloquialism, but that's not right either. Where dropping dimes, and that's what it means is you are informing someone's boss of something they've done wrong, a negative thing, a bad thing about them without them knowing it in advance and or in public. So in a meeting or if they don't know about it in advance, right? And there are certainly times where it might be something that you feel like you want to do. You might think it's fair if someone's not doing what they're supposed to do or they're performing in a way that you don't want them to. They're not doing what you need them to do. But it's not cool, guys. If we're going to do slang, right? That's not cool, bro. Just imagine it from the other side. Imagine being the other person and imagine someone in the meeting, one of your team members saying, I haven't done what I was supposed to do because Jill didn't do what she was supposed to do, but you're Jill. Yeah, feels very different to be the recipient. Yeah, nobody wants to be Jill. (laughs) It's not a really good time. And some people feel like that's acceptable and we don't recommend it. We have a cast. Please go and listen to No Dropping Dimes. So some people think that's acceptable in public or in a meeting or in front of the group. A lot of us don't. But we might feel comfortable copying our boss or someone else's boss on an email. Right. So so if Jill's not doing what we want them to want her to do, we would send an email to Jill and copy her boss or our boss or both and say, Hey, I needed those figures three days ago. Can you get them to me? In a way of informing the bosses that something is going wrong and it's not your fault, right? Yeah. But it's exactly the same behavior as doing it in the meeting. Communication is communication. And whether it's email or in person, you're still dropping dimes on this person. You're still trying to catch them out on something that you feel like they should be doing. And it's not professional behavior. If you want a strong relationship with someone, and of course you do, because it's always more effective to have strong relationships with positive communication and lots of it then you really shouldn't go around making them look bad or feel bad in front of your boss or their boss. And CCing them on this kind of email or CCing their boss is essentially akin to saying, I don't trust you to do this. You're not getting things done. And if we're going to discuss that, if we're going to go that far, then relationships are built on trust. And so when you say through your behavior, which is CCing their boss, I don't trust you, then you are detracting from your relationship. You're essentially breaking down that relationship rather than working to improve it in a positive manner. Right. And copying someone's boss is just not the way to get them to do what you want them to do. (laughs) It just doesn't work. People have tried it on me, and guess what? It didn't work. We have another cast called Influence Through Verbal Commitments, which doesn't really tell you what it's about, but actually it's about getting people to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it when you have no real power. It's like a hidden gem. 
you should go listen to that to find out how to get people to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it without informing on them for their boss. The idea that they would engage in what we'd say is a bad behavior, which is not completing their deliverables or their tasking. The idea that we would respond with another bad behavior, which is essentially ratting them out, and that, w- that would make them behave in a different way, is it's kind of like tattletaling. It's two wrongs don't make a right, right? Exactly. It's just not professional behavior. Copying someone's boss isn't a way to show your frustration professionally. There's nothing professional about that. I'm being professional by copying someone's boss, like that's the right thing to do. No, it's not. It's wrong. And lots of people do believe that's the professional thing to do. And we are just here to help with that, right? Yes. (laughs) We don't want it to be like that. It's not professional to use CC to catch someone out. There's good ways to use CC. Certainly, it can be an effective tool. Certainly, it can be useful. We're not trying to put you in a situation where you never use CC as a function. You can use it when someone else needs to know all the details that are in that email. It's informational. CC is a bit, in a lot of cases, like saying FYI. You don't need to do anything. Yes, it is. It is for your information, no action required. So an instance where this might apply, you might send an email out to a bunch of people, a few people with some tasks, and then CC an admin who tracks those things and their completion, tracks the tasking. You know, maybe they have a sheet or some kind of tracker for that. You could CC someone who in the company is working on a project with you when you email the supplier. It's certainly useful in many ways, but we don't CC as a subtle way of saying, it's not my fault or this person's not doing their job. We CC as a positive for informational purposes and we don't use it to catch people out. (laughs) No. Yeah. So we're starting with all the don'ts, right? But that's okay. So we don't see. We've got four don'ts. Yeah. We're just limiting people's ability to use CC here. And to be fair, we're going to tell you what you can do. But I mean, sometimes it's fun to to make some recommendations like this. And it's, it's a little more fun, right? It's at least this isn't some, it's not, Today's cast isn't really dry, right? We're excited to to make some... Some fun. Yeah, some fun. Some people are doing some stuff that we want to talk about with CC. And it's not always effective, but it can be more effective. And another way to be more effective with CC is don't use CC to inform your boss. Right, because so many people do this. So many people wrongly use CC in order to let their manager know what's going on. So, for example, I'm talking to IT about a problem with ad department's pages on the internet. And my boss said, in my last one-on-one, when you just go get it fixed? Just fix it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to IT, and I'm like, we need to fix this. And IT are putting me in a queue, and there's 150 things ahead of me in the queue, and then it has to be estimated And then when they actually do it, it has to be tested. And so I'm not actually going to get this fixed that was all for one sentence for like six weeks. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but often it takes longer. And so what people do is when they get that response from IT that says, you're not going to have what you want for four weeks, they copy the boss on their reply that says, okay, you know, I don't like it, but I understand it. And they think 
that what they're telling their boss is, I've done as you've asked, now it's up to them. It's a way of telling your boss that you've started the task and the fact that you can't finish it is not your fault. But that's not what your boss asked you to do. She didn't ask you to send an email. She asked you to get the problem fixed. So you can't just send an email, copy your boss and call the task done. That's not how it works. That's totally abdicating your responsibility. Exactly. It's an interpretation, I guess, of, you know, what does fix it mean? Or fix it for your boss means it's finished. And it's fine that you go back to your boss in your next one-on-one and say, okay, I've talked to IT, here's the process, we can't circumvent it, this is going to be when it's done, these are the, you know, this is when they told me that that it would be done, this is when they told me it would be tested, I'm going to monitor those deadlines and I will report to you when it's finished. And maybe neither of you like that it takes six weeks, but if that's how long it's going to take, then you're actually monitoring it and you're seeing the task through. That's way different than sending one email and copying your boss on it. Yeah. You can't use CC as a way to accomplish your work. It's not action. It's actually just informative. And so you can't use it to say, oh, I've done my job. You can't copy your boss on the project and call that reporting. It's not just enough to FYI people to inform them. We're supposed to be doing our jobs and our jobs aren't just, hey, I'm going to send you a bunch of emails and I want you to read all them and then you'll know everything that's going on. That's not it. And so you can't just let people know what's going on. You have to take all the information. You have to report on the whole project. We have to cover everything. And that's part of why we are valuable. It's us taking everything that's going on and saying, okay, we've done all of this and now here's X. This is our next step. It's not the single email or the, it's, sorry, it is a single email. What we should be doing is sending one email, but copying our boss on a single email is not enough. What we should be doing is taking all those emails and sending one, a briefing. We could be doing this in our one-on-one, right? It could be verbal. It doesn't have to be in our email. So if you're doing this, if you're CCing your boss, what we would kindly suggest is that instead, if you're going to report, if you're going to report on the project, because what we want to do is take all the information we've got, synthesize it, distill it, and make it easy for our boss to know what's going on without being copied on all the emails we send every day. What we'd like to do instead is take an email, draft an email, or give a verbal briefing that says, we have three issues. Issue one, we're working with Billy to resolve it. We expect to have a resolution on Friday. Issue two, I have the draft ready to proof, and we'll have a final version on Wednesday. Issue three, I've been unable to move the meeting. I will discuss with you or our next steps here in our one-on-one or in our next one-on-one. Right, because a big part of your job, whether you like it or not, is making it easier for your boss to do theirs. Copying them on one email that you sent to someone else to get something done when they have as many emails as you do. You know, everybody complains they get too many emails in a day. That one, that email is going to get lost. Two, it's not helpful to the boss. And three, it's not your job to copy them on emails. It's your job to report to them what's going on. This really reminds me of that meme of uh, you had one job. You know, yeah. if, if you Google it, there's things like um, somebody painting the yellow lines on a road and there'll be a car parked 
and the yellow line will go up over the car because they didn't wait for the car to move to do the yellow line on the road. It really reminds me of that. It's like, yes, you did what I told you to do, but yeah, that really wasn't what I wanted you to do, right? And you know better than that. That's the other thing about it. It's like, really, you thought that making a yellow line on the car was right? I don't think so. You're just being lazy. Yeah, we have a choice. We can be effective or be efficient, right? And a lot of what happens with email, and CC may be one of those culprits in your life, is that we are trying to be efficient where we should be trying to be effective. And it's more effective to send a brief, to give a verbal brief, than to send our boss 50 carbon copies. (laughs) Okay, so next don't. Don't CC just to protect yourself. There's a really special type of email (laughs) that people commonly call CYA. If you know what CYA is, you know what it stands for, so we're not going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, that's what Google is for. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this type of email is really just used so that later on somebody can say, well, I told them that, or we didn't agree to that, or that's not what I said. Often a direct will copy their boss so they can say something in case the email comes back to bite them. So they have a defense. It's a defense mechanism email, right? The boss gets this email and the direct can say then, well, I'm covered. Mm -hmm. I can't get in trouble because I told them in advance. And in some cases, maybe legal or political issues, this email is necessary. It's not to say that this email never serves a purpose. We're not going to go that far. But it's vastly overused. I totally agree. You know, when I worked in an office and I had a real job, (laughs) before I I worked for managed tools, I, like everybody else, would get 150 emails a day and I can guarantee 20 of them or more with CYA. You know, they were just other people saying, I'm sending this email to Wendy, who's my recruiter, to tell her that I need a contract for this person by Wednesday, which she's already told me is impossible to get because otherwise we lose the candidate. And then when they lose the candidate, they're like, well, I sent her an email, I told her. And A, it didn't work because I couldn't make the process go any faster. Two, it didn't exactly endear me to the person who was trying to drop me in it. And three, the best thing to do was to talk to the candidate. And I couldn't do that. I mean, I could do that, but it was would be far better if a hiring manager called a candidate and said, look, we've got one of these processes. We can't f- speed it up. I can't get you an offer letter before Friday, but I really, really want you to work here. I want to tell you all the reasons that I think you're going to be a great fit. And then the candidate will wait. That was the way to solve it. Not send me an email. Yeah, somebody who has no control over the process and isn't the person who's being hired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. We see a lot of this. This is just really overused. And the one that we see the most, I think, is the follow-up to our phone call version. Oh, yes. The one where we have a conversation and then someone sends an email. Well, in the conversation, X, Y, and Z were said. That's something that we've probably seen the most of. And again... If you're just sending an email to protect yourself, it's probably not required, right? Let's think about it for a second. I've got this guy, his name is Matt. He is in sales 
and he has a relationship with the production manager in his company who produces the product. So he, he sells widgets and he knows the guy who produces the product. And he's with a customer and he has an order placed by the customer for 10,000 widgets. And Matt's like, yes. Yeah. Uh, what's that one? Commission. He's very excited by his commission. When you said, what's that word? I thought you meant like pumped up or something. (laughs) That's so confused. So he talks to the production manager, Luke, and Luke says, 10,000 for that date is going to be really tough. I'll try, but I don't know if I can do it. And he follows up with an email to Matt that says those things. This is what I said to you on the phone. Yeah. In the phone call, you said 10,000 and I said, that's going to be really hard. And then when the due date comes around and the customer only gets 8,000 of their 10,000 widgets, Luke says, eh, I told you so. Whoa, right? There's no trust, right? No. There's, there's no working together to get the best outcome for the customer. There's no working to, you know, Luke isn't showing any understanding of Matt's desire to get the customer what they want, in part because He's in sales. He wants the customer to get what he wants. And also commission. You know, by sending the email, it's an abdication. I think you said that earlier. It's an abdication of responsibility as opposed to trying to work out together what we can do to the benefit of the customer and by extension, the business, right? Right. We want revenue. Yeah. And Luke can say anything on the phone. You know, he could say, I can't do 10,000 for that day. Or he could say, I can do 7,000, or I could do 110,000. But because he sent that email, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, he's always got the email that he can protect himself. And if we take that away, then there's an incentive to work together to make something happen. Right? If you can't cover yourself with an email, then you have to work it out. So if we say, Luke, you can't send a CYA email, like we've just done something to your system and it won't go through, we take the safety net away and Luke is forced to properly negotiate with Matt. So France, maybe they could do a delivery of 5,000 one week and 5,000 the next week, or they could give the customer 8,000 and a discount on the other 2,000 that are going to arrive two weeks later, or they could agree that the customer would be better off with a different kind of widget which can be delivered earlier. There's always lots of solutions to problems, always. And they all have their pros and cons, and that's what negotiation is for. It's for that discussion of how can we resolve this situation so the maximum amount of benefit for everybody happens. And if you don't have the CYA email, you are forced to do that. They may be easier, but the only person a CYA email benefits is you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be working in a company full of other people, you need to be thinking about benefiting other people as well. Yeah, CYA is not only removing yourself from your responsibility, right? It's not only saying, oh, this is my responsibility. But it's also selfish. Mm-hmm. It's this about me and I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, and, and, and I will sacrifice you to do it. Yeah, right? We're going to build a bus and then throw the person we're sending the email under the bus. Like, meh, I don't feel like it. And you know, if you're 22 and you're listening to this and you're thinking it's working for me, you're right. It will work for six months, 18 months, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But one day, 
it will come back to bite you and it will bite so hard that you'll regret ever doing it. We've all done it. I've done it too when I was, you know, and then I, and then I realized the only person who was winning was me and I was losing later. Mm-hmm. And I don't like losing. So I worked out a way that I could win and then, and I can win later. And that's not sending a CYA email. No, definitely not. So we don't CYA and we don't BCC just to protect ourselves because there's the CC CYA, but even worse is the BCCCYA. Good lust. This is crazy. It's a lot of letters. And guys, again, when we talked about this beginning, BCC is blind carbon copy, which means that you're sending an email to someone and nobody else who's getting the email knows that you're sending it to them. So not only are you informing on someone, but they don't know about it. So if I send an email to you, Kate, saying, I can't finish my emails that I'm drafting until you give me the direction you want to go for public conferences, and I copy Mark, who's both of our bosses, then at least you know that I copied Mark. And you have have the ability to respond to my email and say, I already gave you those things, or whatever it is that you want to say to kind of balance things up, which is what people want to do when people send CYA emails. If you know that I copied Mark, then you have the opportunity to talk to Mark. Now, it's a bad thing to do. I shouldn't have done it, but at least you have an opportunity to speak. If I send that email to you and I blind copy Mark, you don't know I told him. So you go into your next 03 and you're like, I got a good list today. I've been a good girl. And he starts with, why haven't you given Wendy what she needed? And you have no idea that that's coming. And of course, you know, nothing like being chastised for something you don't even know is coming. It's a horrible position to put somebody in. And if I did that to you, then I would expect that our relationship would be really difficult for a long time. Yeah, I would feel really uncomfortable. It's just behind the scenes. It's like backdoor dealing. It's back alley. It's not. It's not up front. It's not honest. And it's almost competitive when, in fact, Mm -hmm, we should be collaborative, right? We should be working together, but instead we are every man for himself. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not (laughs) sportsmanlike. Yeah. It's like um, if you hit the golf ball and it's really close to someone, but you don't yell four. Yeah. And and then it gets really close to hitting them on the head, you mean? Yeah. Just bop them right on the head. No big deal, right? Okay. It's not to say that BCC can't ever be used. If someone really needs to know something, but the person you're emailing doesn't, like good example, if you're replying to the customer and you're copying accounting, you can BCC if we don't need account or if we don't need the customer to know accounting's email address. But if you find yourself BCCing more than once every two months, that's too much. Yeah, rethink your BCCing if you're doing it that often. I have to say, the only time I ever BCC is when I'm answering something in the customer service queue and I blind copy my my own email so that it ends up in my email and I can move it to my task list because it's some for some reason I want to remember, I want to take action afterwards after the customer has been satisfied. So I I reply to their email, I close out the case on our customer service thing, but I blind copy myself in order that it ends up in my task list. 
as a future action, right? Maybe somebody said, oh, there's a spelling mistake on this page. And I reply and say, thank you, but I BCC myself so that I remember to actually go fix that spelling mistake. And I can't think of another time I've BCC'd in the last year, which could show how useful it is, not. (laughs) I'm really glad you mentioned that because I have never used BCC in my entire career. And I was trying to think of a way that I would use it. And I was actually trying to come up with, when we were talking about this before, about times I've ever BCC'd. I've been BCC'd. I've been BCC'd by someone who I was helping with their resume and they were show, they were BCCing me on people they were sending it to, to say, mm-hmm. oh, I sent my resume, you know, to say, oh, here's the, the people. So they didn't have to send me an email that said, oh, I sent my email to all these five, 10 companies. But I have never used BCC in my life. There is another case where if you're um, emailing, if you're emailing a lot of people, like if you're emailing a bunch of customers with a marketing email, you don't put all the customers' names in the two box. You put it in the BCC box because then they can't see each other's emails. Sure. Like, like you don't want Bob at Smith's Electric to know that you are also emailing with this amazing offer just for you to Jill at, I don't know, somebody else, Texas Electric, right? Right. You, you don't want those two people to know each other's email address or that you're giving them the same offer. I mean, that's another reason to use it. But again, the number of people who are sending those kind of emails in a company is two, one, I don't know, not many. Yeah. And that's to our last point, which is that you can assume that CC and BC emails will not be read. I mean, if you're using it for a sales thing and you don't want, again, to share email addresses, that might be a good use of it. And I can totally see that usage. And if you're CCing someone or BCCing someone in your organization, please assume, guys, that those emails aren't going to get read because an email is only guaranteed to be read in a timely fashion when it's addressed to somebody specific. No single person who receives a CC or BCC email has an obligation to read those emails until the end of the day. We don't assign tasking through CC or BCC. And if you get a lot of emails, part of the way a lot of people effectively deal with their inbox is managing their email based on who the email is sent to. So if they're CC'd or BCC'd, that means to them they don't have an action. And so those emails can wait until later in the day, right? Those are emails you can deal with at five o'clock. Right, because we said... A CC is an FYI, for your information, no action required. That's what CC means. And so it's fine for an effective executive, an effective individual contributor to leave those emails until the end of the day because no action is required. That's what you're telling people when you CC them. If you actually want them to do something, you actually want them to read the email in a timely fashion, then you have to send the email directly to them, not copy them. So simple. It is. So CC and BCC are way overused. Think, if you're about to CC or BCC someone, think about it. Are you reporting? Because if you're reporting, you don't CC and you don't BCC. You send a report or you give a verbal report. If you are protecting yourself, take that protection, take that safety net away from yourself and work with the person so that you can work with them, trust them, and don't email them, and don't protect yourself. If you take that safety net away, 
you will have a way more effective relationship with that person. Will this email even be read? If you are CCing and BCCing and you know that somebody has an action or they need to read the email, put them in the to section. Email is ubiquitous and convenient. Like Everybody likes sending emails. I don't need to get this person on the phone. I don't have to press all the buttons on my phone for texting. I don't have to get my IM client up. I'll just email and by the act of me emailing, I assume it's been read. Well, it's not the best way to communicate in many, many cases. You can't assume that it's been read and definitely not if you're CC and BCCing. So think before you email. My new campaign slogan. Yeah, think before you email. I love it. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. We'll be back next week with a new topic and hopefully something useful.